Welcome to the Nonchalant Christianity Podcast, where we are all about bringing believers from apathy to understanding and living out sound doctrine. My name is Jean-Dre Fouy and I will be your host for this episode. Today we will be looking at a two-part series within one cast, and that is that firstly we'll discuss the beautiful gospel message, the amazing saving gospel message which is undoubtedly the most amazing message ever heard and obviously the sole reason for this podcast without that message there would be no podcast and secondly what this message means to me as your host and how it has changed my life and so the first question we must ask is have we understood a popular contemporary gospel or have we understood the true biblical gospel? So, let me look at the contemporary side quickly. There's churches today, and it has been like this for quite a while. And if I say quite a while, maybe we can look at, you know, historically 30, 40 years, maybe even more, where modernism and these sorts of philosophies infiltrated the gospel. And it's what happened is, is in the early 20th century, there was a group of people who split from fundamental doctrines um, and went on to preach that the core fundamentals of Christianity, like the divinity of Jesus, his virgin birth, the inspiration of the scriptures, these sorts of doctrines, that they are not core doctrines of Christianity. And so they went into their own contemporary lifestyle so to speak and what they did is they tried to bring people into this seeker sensitive model through music etc that gospel is not a real true gospel it's a fake gospel it's a false gospel and the reason why is because we must understand and believe in the fundamentals of the faith hear the gospel respond to the gospel come to repentance acknowledge that their sinners and need a savior and then they are saved they believe in god almighty through Jesus Christ, they believe in the whole salvific plan of God, they believe that Jesus is God, they believe that Jesus was born of a virgin, that he was 100% man, 100% God, they believe in the doctrines of the scriptures, um, they believe that the scriptures have, they, they're perfect, you know, we can carry on and on with the different doctrines that, that establish what fundamental Christianity is, and the sad thing today is, is that when people hear the name fundamentalism, Within, with regards to Christianity, they sort of frown at fundamentalism. But the gospel, folks, is it's a fundamental doctrine. It's a fundamental thing to history, to salvation history. And so when we look at, you know, if people run around and say, well, I'm not a fundamentalist. Well, the Bible has doctrines that it lays out with a black and white ink on the paper the doctrine is black and white things there's no maybes yeses or nos it's well not maybes or nos but it's yes the 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 lord doesn't need us to sort of agree with his words you know he doesn't he it's not, doesn't phase the lord that we don't care with his about his word unless when we're born again and we come to believe in his word that's when it takes power that's when the preaching of the gospel takes over but the Lord doesn't need our opinion on His doctrine, on His Bible, so on His Word rather. So, popular contemporary Christianity um, has things like music that they try and bring people into, 
you know, a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, all these things are peripheral. The fundamental preaching of the gospel is the fact that we are sinners and that we need a Savior, and that Jesus Christ is that Savior, and that being God, He's the one that can forgive sins, and by that the Holy Spirit works in us to convict us of our sin, to convict us of righteousness, to convict us of judgment, which already lays us bare before God. Remember, when, when you and I are born into this world, we're already dead in our trespasses and sins. We already have a death sentence. I think that's what many people don't understand with Christianity and, and the fact that Jesus Christ is who He says He is, is that when you're born into this world, you're born into a world of sin and you're damned already. You cannot, you cannot get out of that other than by Jesus. So that's where the true biblical gospel comes in. And in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1 to 4, we can see where this, uh, you know, the gospel message is, is portrayed by Paul because it's really important that we understand there what it means. And first of all, it says the following. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which you also received and in which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast the words which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again on the third day according to the Scriptures. Right? So what we can see is that the Gospel message is simply that Christ died for sinners, for sin. Now, the problem comes in is when man thinks he's greater than what he is. He thinks he's better than what he is. He thinks he's better than his neighbor. He thinks he's better than Hitler. He thinks he's better than Stalin or Mao Zedong. I mean, we can carry on with names for this whole episode. But the idea is for us to realize that just as much as what Hitler or Mao Zedong or Stalin were condemned when they came into this world, so are we. And therefore, God gives us these commands in His Word that are imprinted on the hearts of people to understand that murdering is wrong. That adultery is wrong. That lying is wrong. That stealing is wrong. That blasphemy is wrong. And what happens in each and every person's life, doesn't matter who it is, they receive conviction from the Holy Spirit until they are so far down the line that they then hand themselves over. Well, as Pharaoh did, with himself kept on denying the, the witness of God, then God hardened his heart. And that's exactly what happens to us today. So if your heart is hardened, it's not to say that you can't come back from that hardening, but you're in a point where God has handed you over to your desires, and those desires are going to be what satisfies you, but it's walking you straight into hell. At creation, God creates everything very good. right? God creates man, puts him in the garden, and gives him authority or free reign over the garden except for one thing, that he must not eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And Satan deceives the woman, and by that also deceives Adam, Adam and Eve obviously, and so they fall into sin. They do what they're not supposed to do, they rebel against God. And it's, you know, it's not the fruit that they ate, so to speak, that, that, that condemned them, it's the rebellion against God, it's the disobedience against God that condemned them. And so Adam is the head of all men, who sin, right? Through 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 death, one, through death or through sin, rather, death entered the world through one man, and that's through Adam. And what that does is that makes you and I 
guilty before God. We are guilty because we are sinners. You know, a, a baby doesn't come into the world and, and just behave like it should. It does not, you know, it does not bite other kids. Doesn't maybe slip something into their bag. Doesn't demand food. All these things. That's part of a sinful world. And as we grow older, we think we might be doing a good deed here or a nice deed there. That's worldly standard. That's by the standard of the world. We're talking about God's standard. You know, if we're going to judge one another on our own standards, then we'll all think we're better than the next person. But what is your heart actually saying? And that's what God looks at. That's what Jesus Christ looks at. He looks at the heart of the believer, the heart of the individual, and says, hang on a second, you've got a problem. Your problem is not a physical issue. Your problem is a heart issue. Yes, your flesh is going to die because there's sin, sin in the world, but your heart is what drives your motives. Your heart is where your seat of learning and capacities to find all these things are. But Jesus Christ goes straight to the heart and He says, it's not where, it's actually not not, sorry, it is where your heart is, that's where your treasure is. Right? So, in, in Hitler's extermination of the Jews, his heart was to be a tyrannical leader. His heart was to be a murderer. You know, he didn't just, oh, shame, woe is me, I just became a murderer because I'm a sinner. No, his heart was there because he did not want to accept the gospel in the first place. And he had brilliant, brilliant preachers in and around him in those days. People that would have been well known to many people, like the Tozers, etc. So, we have to look at our heart and establish, okay, well, Jeremiah 17 verse 9 actually does say, for the, for the heart of man is desperately wicked, it's diseased, who may know the depths of its of its disease of its deception that's what the bible says the bible says that there is no one righteous no not one and that all falls short of the glory of god all of us every single person falls short of god's glory it doesn't matter who you are and so the wages of those sins that we commit are death remember we are sinners in other words so we're dead we're dead in our trespasses and sins ephesians 2 but what it is, is that the gift of God in Jesus Christ brings eternal life. And so through the Old Testament plan with Israel, where God had made promise, well, not would, He had made promises and did make promises to Abraham, that Abraham would be the father of many nations, this nation that had a separate covenant to Him, that through this line, through this people, the Messiah would come. And so 2,000 years ago at Calvary, Born into the tribe of Judah was a man by the name of Jesus. Now Jesus was born immaculately. In Genesis 3.15 we see that God promises a seed by the woman. He would be born. This is Jesus. He was born of a virgin. And therefore he was born without sin. He had no sin. He knew no sin. So that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And Jesus' name in Hebrew is Yeshua. Now very interestingly... The Old Testament name for salvation or word for salvation is Yeshua, which means God is salvation. And therefore in Matthew one twenty one, you can see that Jesus is, so, is supposed to be named Jesus because that means God is salvation. And Emmanuel also means God among us. So what it means is that God entered himself of everything he was in heaven, took on the form of a bondservant, came in the likeness of man so that he could redeem man from their own sinful state. And therefore, Jesus Christ had his ministry. And it's very, very interesting. In, in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, we can see what this means. 
The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is what the Lord Jesus says, because He has anointed me. To preach the gospel to the poor, He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the liberty was to sit at liberty rather those who are oppressed. That's amazing, folks. That Almighty God, the Creator of everything, the one that is the, the self-existent eternal one, in His own plan, in His own foreknowledge, in His own redemptive plan, before the foundations of the world were even established, He knew that this would have to come to pass so that man could be redeemed. You see, the love of God is this. In that while we are sinners, Christ wants to redeem us and God wants to redeem us, but that He has done this. John 3.16, For God so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. He did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. That's what's so important. The world was condemned already. Everyone was condemned but for Jesus. But for Jesus Christ who was on this earth. It's an historical fact. You can go look at the historicity of Jesus Christ. He was on this earth. You have to make a decision to understand if He was God or if He was not God. I fully believe He was God. I know He was God because why? The Spirit of God lives within me and He testifies to that fact. And so the modern gospel says don't worry about sin. Don't worry about repentance. Just come as you are and Christ will accept you. But remember, as I said earlier, it's a heart thing. You can still be in church, but your heart is not wanting to be saved. You won't be saved. You know, we have people that are born into Christian homes, so to speak, that, that, that they think that will save them. We have people even born into missionary families who preach the gospel all the time. That doesn't make them saved. What saves you is that you come to acknowledge that you're a sinner and that you need a Savior and that that Savior is Jesus Christ. And that you cannot save yourself because your good works are like filthy rags before God. My good works were filth before God. And when we look at the commands of God that we're not to commit adultery, if we've committed adultery in our hearts, we've sinned. I'm sure most of us, if not all of us, have done that. We've stolen. We've downloaded things off the internet illegally. We've stolen things, things from our offices or wherever we work. Or as kids, we might have stolen a sweet here or there. That's theft. Or taken money out of our parents' wallets. That's theft. We've lied. We've told lies. Constantly people tell lies. We're all liars. And when you come to Christ, when He imparts that new nature to you, these things become sickening to you. They become disgusting because you don't want to be that person that you were. And so the true biblical gospel is a transformative gospel. When you come to acknowledge your sin and, and, and you come before God and you ask Him to save you and that you, you repent and you turn from sin. You know, repentance today is also a very, very taboo word. That repentance and fundamentalism seems to be very, and sin rather, seems to be very um, taboo words. They don't want to people to preach that but that's the gospel that's what we preach you know Paul says I didn't seek to preach anything else other than Christ crucified you know now if the cross is offensive to you you cannot be saved because that's where that's where history culminates history culminates at the cross and then you look at the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus 
That is what saves. That's the message that saves. That you must believe that Christ gives us eternal life because without Him we are damned. We are doomed forever in an eternity of gnashing and weeping and wailing. But God through Jesus Christ, through the proper sin-preaching gospel, saves us. And so the contemporary gospel will make you believe you're saved. The true biblical gospel gives you assurance that you're saved. Make sure that you're saved. Jesus says, come unto me all you who are weary and I will give you rest. You know, he says, take my yoke upon you for, for that is, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. He says that no one can snatch him out of the Father's hand or snatch you and I out of his hand. These are promises from Christ that as soon as you put your heart into it, into understanding that you're a sinner and need a Savior, you will be saved. And through various testimonies that we've seen, and especially you know, in my own life and looking at the gospel, Jesus did an amazing work in that. Six years ago I had an accident, I broke my neck, I was declared quadriplegic, but in hospital God revealed, him to my, revealed Himself to me rather, and audibly, convinc- convincingly, life-changingly, He told me that everything was going to be okay, but that there were things that I had to learn from this way of living, from this lifestyle of mine, this fornication, um, all these different things, addictions, whatever it was, God hates those things. He sets us free from those things. And so, when when He gave me a commission to go and preach the gospel and inspire people, give them hope and show them what the Lord has done in my life, that is what apathetic Christianity does not do. Apathetic Christianity does not do, I did an altar call, I signed a piece of paper, um, you know, I have a friend who who told me I was saved because I, I don't know, you know, these things are, there's so many deceptive things out there. But Christ wants you to know that if you truly come to Him, you will be saved. And in repentance, what repentance means is that when you come to the Lord and ask Him to take these or to forgive you, what repentance is, is it's a change of mind about the sin that you were in. You see, many people today remain in their sin, Many people today love living in that sin, yet they want those benefits and perks of the gospel, but they don't want their lives to be changed. Remember, Jesus, he hates being lukewarm. In, in Revelation chapter 3, Jesus says, if you are lukewarm, I will vomit you out. Don't be hot, don't be cold, or don't be you know, in between. Be either hot or cold. You make a decision. And the Lord says, today is a day of salvation. You know, His Word categorically says today is a day of salvation because you do not know what tomorrow brings. And I know we all think we're going to live till about 100 and we've got 100 years to make this decision, but that's not the case. It's simply not the case. You do not know today after listening to this that you walk out of your office or are in the car, whatever the case may be, and you get hit by a bus and then the Lord requires your soul of you. And it's either in heaven with Him because you love Him and you praise Him and you worship Him and you look unto Him to be saved or it's damned for eternity in the flames of hell. And so repentance is a change of mind about sin, about what I was involved in, whether it be alcohol, drugs, pornography, fornication, profanity, blasphemy. All these things must change our minds. If we had murder in our hearts, envy, strife, rebellion, these things we must change our mind about. That's what repentance is. The Greek word actually says that you turn from that way of thinking and you turn towards God. And what happens is when Jesus Christ gives us that new nature, the Holy Spirit indwells us, we now are able to have 
a way to think how God thinks, to love how God loves, to, to be concerned about people's eternal soul, how God is concerned about their soul. You know, the Bible says that, and I'm going to do it in reverse, the Bible says that God could have wrapped this up, up long ago. But, He is not slack concerning His promises, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering. He's patient, not willing that anyone should perish, but that all should come to repentance. In other words, that all should change their mind about sin, about Jesus, and seek salvation because Jesus is God. He is the one who came from heaven, who promised what He would do, in his word in the Old Testament and he did that by coming to be that remission for sins and so when my life changed when I went from sin understood that sin and sought salvation sought after God my life changed joy entered my life love peace patience kindness all these things entered my life and yes folks don't for one minute think that we do not stumble of course we stumble but he is there to pick us up he is there to hold us near. He is there to guide us and show us for us to be conformed to the image of the Son. Romans chapter 8. Go read Romans chapter 8. It is a most amazing passage. And therefore the blood of bulls and goats, an Old Testament way of sacrifice, does not help anymore. It is through the blood of Christ where we seek forgiveness and where we find remission of sins. As I close, Hebrews chapter 9 in verse 11, but Christ came as high priest of the good things to come, with a greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands, that is not of this creation. Not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once and for all. This is brilliant, because what it is saying is that Jesus Christ gave us, presented this blood to Almighty God, and that's where forgiveness happens. We are saved by the blood of the Lamb. It's the blood of Jesus that saves us. It's nothing else. So with His blood He entered the most holy place and what happened? He obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without spot to God cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And then down from Hebrews 9 to verse 22, according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. So may this beautiful gospel message take heart, uh, take root in your heart rather, understand that it's a heart issue, understand that our hearts are wicked, they are inclined to sin. Naturally, we do those things that we are not supposed to do. But for God in Jesus Christ, who forgives us of our sin, who cleanses us from all unrighteousness, who brings us and makes us new creations. We're given a new nature when we ask Him to save us. Look unto Him and you will be saved. All the ends of the earth. It's as simple as that. And praise God for what He's done in my life. And I hope and I pray for the hearer today that he hears this message and says, Lord, save me. I'm a sinful man or woman and I need salvation because otherwise, simply not because of what I've done, I've already been born into a world that is sinful swayed by sin I'm a sinner and I've already got a death sentence on me but Jesus Christ can one day put you in front of the, the judge almighty God and say this person he trusted in me he trusted in our plan for salvation and he will be saved praise God may the good Lord bless you